Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Yeah, it's a simple question. Are you ready? Well, find out what we're talking about next on Times of Refreshing. Are you ready? Now, that's the title of our message today, but we're in Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 31. You'd think with a title like that, we'd be in Revelation, right? Well, are you ready as a believer in Christ to follow in Jesus's footsteps? Are you ready to live a life that looks from heaven down rather than from earth up? We'll examine these questions and come away with some answers for you out of Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 31. This is Times of Refreshing from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Let's catch up with our teacher and pastor now, Napoleon Kaufman, with today's broadcast. The title of my message is, Are You Ready? You know, when you give your life to Christ, when we give our lives to Christ, we must never forget that we're identifying with Christ. We're identifying with Christ in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection. We're also identifying with Christ in the nature of his lifestyle. And make no mistake about it, when Jesus walked upon the face of the earth, he was different. From a humanity standpoint, yes, he, he, he looked like everyone else. But from an internal standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint, he was, was altogether different. He thought different. He perceived different. He knew differently. He understood differently and then, then, then those that were around him. He saw things from heaven's view down, not from earth's view up. And for all of us here, we have to realize that we're born again. We're born into the kingdom of God. God begins to cause us to see things from his perspective. And instead of us having an, an earthly view up, we have a heavenly. We're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have a heavenly view down. We start to see things from his vantage point. He reveals things to us. He shares things with us. And it causes us to be different. It doesn't mean that we're, you know, we become self-righteous and prideful about it. It just means that I'm seeing differently than I used to see. That, and as a result of that, um, sometimes there's going to be conflict, conflicts with the culture. The culture's not going to understand me. They're not always going to feel comfortable with me. People aren't always going to feel as though, you know, sometimes they're going to call me crazy or call me a religious fanatic, or, or say I'm out there. And that's okay. I, I don't get offended by that. I just understand that's what Jesus talked about. We're going to see this here. It's going to happen. It's supposed to happen. God designed it that way. He designed it that we would be saved by the foolishness of preaching, and that it would be foolish. It's got to be deeper than that, bro. Well, no. 
It's not. It's pretty simple. The gospel is simple. It's not complex and confusing. And for us, when we watch Jesus' life, he walked in the midst of the world, but he was not of the world. He walked in the midst of the culture, but he was not of the culture. He had heaven's perspective, and it's our job to make sure that we're continuing allowing God to process us and prepare us and to break us down and build us up so that we begin to see things from his view and that we realize that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And most importantly, we're going to see here that the, that the mission that we have is not to become popular. It's not a popularity contest. Christianity isn't. It is an obedience issue. And at the end of the day, we have to also keep in mind that we're going to have conflict with the culture because the culture is going in a direction that's contrary to the kingdom of God. And that's okay. We have to understand it. And so, saints, there's no way you and I can be good Christians if we're constantly offendable. Don't take it personal. Understand that this is part of the battle that we're in. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus, in the very beginning of the chapter, he sends out his apostles, his disciples, the scripture says, 12 of them. And he sent them out to a dying world and to a midst of At this time, a very religious culture that Jesus was trying to affect with his message. And he gets down here into verse 16 and he tells them, and I think this is the same message because there's fulfillment in this passage of Scripture that we're going to see through the Scripture. If you read the book of Matthew and all the other Gospels, there's familiar uh, fulfillment, but only partial fulfillment. Some of this is not just for them, it's for us. And it says here in verse 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents, and then what? Harmless as doves. And so we want to be wise. We understand the enemy's schemes and devices. We understand fallen nature. We understand the, uh, you know, the issue of sin. We understand the issue of what's going on in the culture. So we want to be wise as serpents, but he says harmless as doves. It's the difference between us and, and what we see with some of the radical Islamists. They don't like something, they'll blow it up. They don't appreciate something. They'll do something destructive. But Jesus' message was different. You cannot overcome evil with evil. You have to overcome evil with good. And this is Jesus' message. He says, therefore, be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. But, but, he says, but beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. I want to read that again. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake. This is all about identifying with Christ. And are you and I ready to identify with Christ no matter what the cause, no matter what comes your way? He says it's for his sake that these things would happen. And it happened to most of these disciples. 
and apostles. He says, verse 18, you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. He says, but when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak. For it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. And this is the mind of God. I love this because God, he'll share with us what we need to say when we need to say it. We just have to cultivate a relationship with him so that we're not just popping off at the mouth. We're responding in accordance or tweeting something crazy or posting something crazy on Facebook. Saints, we have to start allowing the Lord to give us what to say. He says here, he says in verse 24, it should not, he says, for it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to death and a father his child and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be what? And there's a dividing factor that takes place. And we see this on a base level. Somebody in your family gets saved. And then the next thing you know, now everybody thinks that person that got saved is crazy. And a fanatic and religious. And, and now he's, he's gone overboard. You know, and, and so now there's persecution. We see that on a, on a base level. But when we get to the end of this age, Jesus is saying it's going to be worse. He says people are going to turn on each other. Even from a domestic standpoint and a family standpoint. And the family structure is going to be so broken down because there's no foundation. And as a result of that, there's going to be infighting, especially when it comes to individuals that are choosing to identify with Jesus. But are we ready for that? Are we ready for that? Are we ready to say, Lord, I'm going to walk with you no matter who walks with you. I'm going to walk with you for the rest of my life. I will not turn my back on you for anyone and for anything. The Lord, my allegiance is to you. I'm going to be faithful to you. I love you. And I'm thankful that you saved me and you redeemed me and you cleansed me and you freed me and you forgave me of my sin. Can I have an amen? Well, this is the kind of battle that we're going to have to deal with. But are we ready? Are we ready to say, God, it doesn't, I'm going to stand with you. Son, you can go over there and you can get involved in that. And I'm praying my heart is broken. I'm hurting over it. But I'm not leaving Jesus. I'm going to stick with Jesus. But what's happened now, uh, because of familiarity and familiar spirits and, and natural ties, people take the message, the gospel message, and what Jesus has given us, and they start to compromise it so that the people that they love feel more comfortable and they don't feel as bad about this that God is doing and what he's saying. And, and it doesn't. And so we have to get to a point. It doesn't matter. If you want to be gay, that's fine. But I'm not supporting that. Because Jesus said that he's not, that's not what Jesus said. 
It was acceptable. It's not what God said was right in his word. I love you, but I'm not going to get involved in that. I can't. I can't. I can't. I have to choose Jesus. But what happens in the culture now, and we, and I hate to say this, and you know I don't do this a lot from the pulpit, but now we have p- people in the pulpit. Well, my buddy, you know, you know, it's, I just feel like Jesus is changing my heart on that. Well, no, I didn't see. You can't. There, there's no eraser for this. Can I have an amen, y'all? There's no eraser. I mean, if he said it. I didn't write it, but if he said it, you, there's no whiteout. It never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God has given us counsel in his word. And it doesn't matter if you're my friend, if you're my child, if you're my cousin, my uncle, my mama, my daddy. If Jesus said this is what is right, then we have to do what Jesus said. Can I have an amen, y'all? And this is unpopular now. But it's going to be and continue to be popular in this church. It has to be clear because are we ready to look people in the eye and say, I'm going to stick with Jesus no matter what. You guys can get involved in that or this or whatever you guys want to get. This is what Jesus said. We got to do what Jesus said. We have to just do what Jesus said. And so he says here, and I love this, he says, In verse 22, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this in this city, he's telling his disciples, he says, when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For surely I say to you, you will have not gone through the cities of Jerusalem before the the son of man comes. He says in verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, he says, how much more will they call those his, of his household? Now, I think it has to be clear here, uh, Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies, I mean, and, and we don't, I'm not going to get into the depths of that, but it speaks about something demonically, something that's ungodly, and this is what they said about Jesus. He has a demon. He's not this. They, they, they questioned his identity. Jesus said, if they did that to me, how much more are they going to do that to you? But the thing that we do is, is that we allow ourselves to get to a point where our acceptance from people becomes more important to us than our acceptance from God. Well, I don't want them to not like me. They already don't invite me to Christmas. You know, they're, look, they're passing over me on the job, you know, and because I'm a Christian, you know, they don't feel comfortable. And, you know, listen. Light always makes manifest the things of darkness. That's what light does. Some of y'all didn't have, some of you guys never experienced roaches in your house. I have. When I was young, Lompoc, California, I can tell you the apartment. Turn them lights on. (laughs) Mama, we need to get out of here. 
<laughs> Some of y'all don't know my story. <laughs> but saints, listen, it's just the same thing. When, when, when you are light, this is why the Pharisees and Sadducees and, and those of Herod and those of Jesus' day, they didn't like Jesus because he was making manifest the things of darkness. He was exposing their hypocrisy and their lies and the sin, and the things that made them feel uncomfortable. He made them feel uncomfortable just being in his presence. Why? Because he was light. And sometimes, I'm not saying that anybody in this room go and pick a fight with anyone. Don't do that. But be who God has called you to be. But as you're being who God called you to be, there's going to be moments when people are not going to like you. And it's not just because of you. It's for the Lord's sake. It's because you're identifying with Christ. And that's okay. Don't put a, a, a bushel over your light. Shine. 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 Dre, keep shining. Don't worry about them. Just keep being. Some of you people, just keep being you. Be the best you that you can be and watch how God supports you. When, when people say, and they'll wonder how you got blessed, because I'm just being who God asked me to be, and I'm not going to compromise it. Can I have an amen? And God will see you through on the other side. Amen? This is what we have to learn to do. And so Jesus says it here. He says in verse 25, it is, it is enough for a disciple to be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house bells above, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them. Write that down. He says, do not fear them. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. And I want you guys to write this down as my first point to overcoming in this last day. And that is we cannot allow fear. Do not fear. I think this is one of the main things that happens to people, and in particular to people of God. We allow the fear of man to grip us. We allow the fear of man. When we get out of this popularity contest... And we get to the point where we realize that we have the greatest message that the world has ever heard. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. People will start to understand as we value the message, people will begin to understand that I need that message. I need, I need hope in my life. I need freedom in my life. I need to be delivered. I need love in my life. I need joy in my life. I need God in my life. I need God. I, I've tried everything. I've tried every drug. I've tried every addiction. I've tried every, women and men. I've tried to go to vacation. I've tried everything, but nothing can satisfy me. Are you telling me that Jesus can satisfy me and make me whole? Yes. I'm telling you, Jesus can satisfy you and make you whole. He will do it. He will do it. And we have the greatest message, but, but we cannot fear and begin to cover the message up, twist it so it feels better, take the sting off of it. Because, saints, with the gospel message, there is a sting. There's a sting. The first time somebody came to me and shared the gospel and my heart was ready and I was in this position, it stung me. It hit me pretty hard. 
And I had to get honest with myself and say, my problem isn't everything out here. My problem is in here. I need to change. God needs to change. I need help in my life. And it, that message, it stung me, but it also drew me. And it's the same. You cannot take the edge off the gospel. The first words that, that, that John the Baptist preached that helped to prepare the way for the Lord was repentance. Jesus stands up in his first discourse and begins to, as he goes into a synagogue, he talks about repentance. That it stings. That man, you mean to tell me I've been going in the wrong direction in my whole life? Yeah. And if you were to, if you were to stay on that road, it has a destination that you don't want to see. Now get on this road, and if you get on this road, it has a destination, a destination that you're going to love. <laughs> amen. At least I got one amen in the house. <laughs> Look at this. So, saints, don't fear. Don't fear. Jesus has told us about all this stuff. When you turn on your television, don't fear. He told us about all this. Don't fear. Don't. Our country, it's falling apart. It's been falling apart. What you think? What you think? This ain't the promised land. What y'all think? This is the promise. This isn't the promised land. Jesus didn't say this was the promised land. Thou shalt go to America and the promised land. And no. Saints, read your Bible. Read it. Read it. Read it. And make sure you don't get too comfortable around here. Because we just passing through here. Amen. Look what he says in verse 27. He says, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. He says, and do not fear. He says it again. Those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs on your head are all what? Numbered. He says, do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Awesome. Jesus is telling them in the midst of all this stuff, and he says it to them once again, do not fear. And then he tells them that they're more valuable than many sparrows, and the very hairs on their head are numbered. Number. And you guys hear me say this all the time. He knows the number. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. When you got your first hair, there are number. He knows when 57 fell out. He didn't just say he knows the total. He says they're numbered. So some of us need to ask him to give us about 57 back. (laughs) But... (laughs) But saints, this is, this is what I'm saying to all of us. We have to realize that's how much God cares for us. 
He knows there's going to be persecution. He knows there's going to be a tough time. He's building you for that. You're built for that. You were born for such a time as this. For such a time as this. He knows what you can handle, what you can't. We're here for this purpose. And he's telling us, don't be afraid. He cares about, if he cares about every sparrow that falls to the ground, he knows it. It's his will. He knows it's the will of God. He knows it. For all of us, we have to get this in our mind. I don't care what kind of legislation, what everybody says. It doesn't matter. I'm going to keep on preaching Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? And so this first point we have to see, do not fear. Stop being afraid. Well, Pastor, they taking over. Who taking over? God's purpose is not going to stop. And his plan is not going to stop. And, and I don't care. He, saints, we got to get to a place in our lives where we're so secure in what Jesus says, it doesn't matter what we see with our eyes. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.